Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, back from our first mid-season break to a full weekend of the weekend wrap. Sit back and listen to Tony, Eden, Craig, Rob and Paul as they talk about a dry-ish Saturday at the Sports Village, Devon Park, Lowfields, Kellam Road and the Magnus. That, by the way, is what you call comprehensive coverage. I'm Mick Bradley. He's Tony Smith. This is Radio Newt Sport. And these are the headlines they're going to be talking about. Brave the Friday night cold weather to see underdogs Collingham take a point off league leaders Newark Town at Station Road. More from Tony Joins on what was possibly a disappointing night for the Blues. Coming up next. Ten man flow serve conceded two goals in the last ten minutes to lose 4 1 at a rowdy Coventry United. The assistant referee convinced the match referee he saw an elbow in the 27th minute from Greg Smith. And that effectively killed the game. More from Craig. Perhaps more diplomatically on that one. New York Rugby Club's opening day victory seems a long time ago as the Callum Road team suffered their fifth consecutive league defeat to leave them one place above the relegation zone. Market Raisin, the latest side to snatch a victory, 18 points to 13, at what is still a very soggy Callum Road. To the hockey! And once again the men lead the way with a 4-1 victory over bottom club West Bridgeford. Was that a good performance? Should they have got more? We'll find that one out from Paul, who's also going to tell us about the ladies' ones who lost 2-0 at Loughborough Town. While the twos are still waiting for this point of the season, but a 3-0 defeat at second place Ashfield looks to be a much improved performance. Mr Halfpenny on all the hockey stories about quarter to eight and staying with the ladies but back to football and undoubtedly the main stars of the weekend the Newark Town ladies they went to and beat Southall City by the odd goal in five yesterday Dr Jess once again amongst the scorers and I don't care what the team is if you go to Southall and come back with a victory you're going to be my team of the week So, pitch side, Dave, that's that decided for Thursday night already. <laughs> um, okay, we go away for a week, and um, the, sack, the sack race, what's up with it's you? It's good to be back. Is it? Mm. You're happy, are you? Well, I had to fill in with watching um, Room 101 between 7 and 8 of an evening, and there was just a complete tangent. I've just got to tell you this bit about Frank Skinner, because they were talking about lamenting the fact that sports are no longer played in the streets and it just reminded me of when I was a kid and uh, you know like so you, you, once you finish school you just go out there and play cricket in, in the summer football in the winter don't you and he was saying every time the ball goes into the next door's garden you know g- grab you, gr- grabs the cricket bat off him and, 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 and nicks it and and he says, Frank Skinner said, the bloke next door to us says that comes in my garden again I'm going to put a knife through it because it ruined our dog <laughs> I just loved it. But anyway, welcome back. You know, a week away with the wife just, <laughs> does have its compensations. It really, really does. <sighs> Talking of room 101, how many of you out there would like to put a certain Mr Smith in room 101? Yeah, evening, Kirky. Answers on a postcard. <laughs> um, right, in our absence, if I can finally get a lad chance to say something, um, the sack race was won. Mm. And it was Tottenham that won it. The man that took him to a European Cup final about four months ago. And he's got the boot, and less than 12 hours later, the special one drives through the gates and into the hot seat. Personally, Daniel Levy and Mourinho working together, Mm -hmm. I just think that's a match that is not made in heaven. 
Yeah, it's it's not going to um, end happily, is it? I mean, uh, that sort of relationship. I mean, it's fantastic at the start, and it's all sort of chocolates and roses. But eventually, one of them will start going to the pub on his own and get accused of leaving the toilet seat up. And I give it two years. I I I I I love to see it work because I've got the highest regard for Mourinho. I think it was Manchester United arised. There's a new word for you. Um, there, but uh, I think he's a quality manager, and I, it, it wouldn't surprise me in this two to three years when he's going to be there, if Tottenham did not win a trophy. Yeah, it I really mean, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest because that's the sort of manager that he is. If if I was a Tottenham fan, I would enjoy the next couple of years. But we all know what happens in the third year, and you know it's just. I mean, I mean, nothing is going to change at Tottenham. Levy isn't going to start splashing cash. If I was uh, a Tottenham Hotspur apprentice, or if, if I was in, in the Tottenham Hotspur Academy or a Tottenham Hotspur youth <laughs> I'd player, go tomorrow. I'd, I'd leave tomorrow. What's the point in the I'd next two tomorrow. years? You're going to get nowhere near the first team. No. Yeah, you're not. Um, you're not. Um, so the race has been won, but um, the runner-up spot, I think, is going Arsenal. very quickly towards Everton. Everton is, um, I mean... Marco Silva is a dead man walking. I mean, the reaction of Goodison after they lost 2-0 at home to Norwich City on Saturday, I mean, said it all. You know, as I've said before, if you go outside Goodison, there's a big uh, a graffiti thing on the wall. It says, Silva out. And we're talking Merseyside, so it's not going to be cutlery. You know, I mean, it's, it's basically a dead man walking. So is Emery at Arsenal. And... Um, you know, it's 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 that month, isn't it? It's November. I mean, it's the, Watford man, the Watford man may well go as well, but I I just think Everton, and don't be surprised to see David Moyes walk back in. Yeah, but it's a different Everton because he hasn't got, got Bill Kenwright anymore. No, I mean, it's um, a different. It's a different setup he's going into. It's it's a different setup, but he knows the lie of the land, and I, th- I think he'd be a good fit. Right, on a Monday night, we go round the grounds and the people that tell you what happened are the people that made it happen. We talk to the managers and the coaches, the press officers and the assistant captains on another wonderful weekend of New at Sport. You can tell it's live, can't you? Because all I've got is, you've rang the wrong number. You have rang the wrong number. So we're going to try and get older Mr. Joins again. And um, if, we can, if, we can, if we can actually ring the correct number, um, we're going to talk about Friday night football. I do like Friday night football, unless, of course, you're at Ollerton. I do feel sorry for Ollerton for the second match on the bounce. The floodlights have um, failed for two completely different reasons as well. Um, not not so good at all um here we go we've 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 got contact mr smith can ring the right number even if i can't ring the right number um Newtown, um went to collingham on friday night everybody was saying well it's a simple it's three points the top of the table it's going to be a hatful but you know it was a local derby against a team that thought they'd got a point to prove it was never going to be as easy as everybody thought. So, Tony, first question, after I've said good evening to you, by the way. Good evening, Tony. How you doing, mate? You all right? All right. First question, worst performance of the season or full credit to Collingham? Um, I think it's a mixture of both, to be honest. But I think if you're edging your bets, I think you've got to put a lot of praise down Collingham. Um, they certainly stopped um, lads that have been playing well for this year during the game. And... Uh, you know, you have to take full credit to Collingham on the night. They certainly earned uh, a point for their side that night. They did, and they, I mean, it was it was their cup final, really, wasn't it, to be honest? And they played well, yeah, like you know, it was their cup final, and, you know, absolute full, full credit to them. It's only one game in a league season, Tony, but it's disappointing. But, you know, you've got to draw away from home. And you're still sitting top of the table, and nobody's got a given right to go out there and win every single week, have they? No, that's right. No, you know, to go through a season completely winning other games, you know, is pretty much unheard of. Um, we knew that this one was going to be particularly fiery. Well, not so much fiery, but 
<clears throat> we knew it was going to be a difficult uh, fixture to get through. Obviously, a major banana skin for us, um, especially with the history of the two clubs over the last couple of series, um, you know, kind of seasons with players coming and going. Um, so yeah it was going to be a big game for us and unfortunately for us we didn't really get out of first gear uh, and play the way that we have been playing Um, but like I say that's largely down to our calling them set themselves up and put themselves about in the game Um, so like I say you do have to give a lot of credit to the calling side which is a very young side Um, and obviously if they do uh, keep turning out performances like that instead of just for one week you know, it won't be long before they start climbing the table, definitely. And they're going to, and they're going to give the other big boys a um, a problem or two. I see Retford United didn't um, cover themselves in glory again at the weekend either. No, they lost 4-3 um, to uh, Rangers. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, that for me now, I think uh, you can pretty much count them out of it now. I think, um, well, we're a third away through the season. Um and it's looking, to, or it's starting to look like a three-horse race with ourselves, Dinnington and Harworth. Um, you know, I think Retford's done themselves too much damage, um, even though they've given us two very good games, one in the cup and one in the league, obviously, when we drew 2-2. Two, two. I think all eyes are actually on, is it December the 7th? Dinnington uh, Town against Newark Town. Yes, uh, I think it's the 7th. I'm yeah. not sure the exact dates, Mick, but... Um, next month we've got Dinnington and Harworth next month as well mm-hmm. um, so yeah we've got a couple of big fixtures coming up uh, we've got quite a tough December actually if you look at the fixtures we've got coming up well I, so- I, I sometimes think it's better to pay the teams around the top than the banana skins to be honest uh, Reese Lewis um, it come off at half time um, a bad back and if you've got a bad back it can last is it precautionally or is Hopefully not uh, a problem. No, uh, to be honest, um, when I was walking off the pitch, Reese turned around and said, uh, I'm taking a turn for the worst. Turn. You know, he, he, he actually felt quite rough, as in, you know, we thought he was going to be sick. So uh, he's possibly picked a bug up from somewhere, um, obviously tried to run it out. But obviously, Reese being the player he is, he obviously knew he wants on full ball. And, uh, you know, it was the obvious choice to take him out of the firing line, obviously, because he obviously wasn't feeling very well. In fact, to be fair, you know, he was nearly um, ill in the changing room. So, um, obviously, that was a, a straightforward decision. So, basically, a forced change, really. But uh, on the plus side, hopefully, he's, he's probably even going to be available for Wednesday night. Yeah, um, we haven't uh, spoke to him. I'm going to ring him, obviously, or Damo will be ringing him um, in the next kind of 24 hours to see yeah. how it'll be for Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, it was a natural change. I mean, he, he obviously didn't feel very well and obviously, um, you know, he likes to be at his best, doesn't he? And if he didn't feel very well, then obviously, you know, he wanted to take himself out of the equation. But he did have a new signing and um, he's taking credit for the goal. So, and I don't blame him either, Liam Moran. Yeah, you know, uh, to be fair, Liam, um, you, you know, we're trying to get Liam to play uh, constantly every week but at the minute Liam's uh, kind of forcing himself into a break at the minute where um, he just wanted to take a year out of Saturday football which is a shame because uh, you know he's a very talented lad um, as he showed on Friday night to be fair um, you know he did uh, a really good job for us at right back filling in for us because uh, Tom Moore wants available on the night so um, he kind of dropped in for us so but I think it's it was just there to help us out, you know. I know he's all signed on and everything, but obviously it was just the one game to help us out. I think for for Liam, but uh, we'll be constantly talking and trying and get him uh, to play week in week out. Ron talk, Tony. Thank you so very much. We all attention now turns to um, Wednesday night and um, cup football. How important to you is the Knotts Cup? Um, well, I love the Knotts Cup. To be fair, I mean, uh, once so many years ago that we got to the semi-final of it, playing uh, Clifton in that uh, ill-fated game down at uh, Station Road at Collingham, where we lost in the last second. No, um, still which, getting, yeah. You know, I actually went to watch the final, and it was uh, Clifton. I can't remember who they played now. Um, I can't remember who they played now, but it. No, they lost two 0 didn't they? Base for all Carlton, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it was. It would have been a massive occasion, um, especially for us uh, at the time. Obviously, being um, step seven side playing in the, you know, the final of not seeing a cup mm. would have been a massive as it was for Clifton. Obviously, 
Um, but yeah, so, you know, cup-wise for me, you know, obviously the FA Vars, um, you know, we would like to try and get into that and hopefully in the next year, two years, we'll be in that. Um, but obviously the next best cup really is the not senior cup. You know, it gives us a chance to play against uh, higher ranked sides than us. Um, and hopefully if we're successful on uh, Wednesday night, we go into the out and hopefully we'll get a nice fixture with a team that's obviously above us. <laughs> oh, yes. Right, Tony, thank you so much. I'll catch you on Wednesday night and so will I hope an awful lot of New York football watchers. Great stuff. Thanks a lot. 7.30 kick-off though, isn't it? Uh, it's a 7.30 kickoff. 7.30 kickoff. Um, be, everybody be aware of that one. Yeah, and uh, just want to obviously wish uh, Flo Serve all the best in the FA Vols on uh, Saturday. Craig and his lads. Well, we've got Craig coming up next and I'll pass that on. Yeah, I know you have, mate, yeah. F- thanks, Tony. OK, mate, cheers, Bob. Thanks, bye-bye. Tony joins there on, um, on Friday Night Football. And about our own very own Tony is now going to stick with Newark Town and we're going to see what Eden's got to say about a Derby Day victory. At Southwell, and if I know Eden, I should think she probably will have something to say about it. Um, tomorrow night, we turn our attention to the rugby club girls. Um, the new head coach, James Thomason, is popping in to see us, um, and he's going to tell us um, basically what it's like to replace a legend, the legend that is is Mark Dobb, so uh, I think that's going to be interesting. I understand he's bringing some of the the girls with him as well. So uh, what everybody in this town seems to think is Michael's favourite team, that's the one we're going to talk to tomorrow night, the Rugby Club girls. So my second favourite team must be the Newark Town ladies, because anybody that goes to South on the wins 3-2 has a good day in my book. Eden Tranter, good evening. Hello, you're all right. I'm very well. I assume that... uh, the Newark Town ladies must have been on fine form as they come home from Southall last night, yesterday yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a good morning for us all. Um, obviously, it's always nice to go there and pick up a win. So, talk us through. Um, talk us through. Then it was a three-two victory. Talk us through it. Yeah. So uh, we got there, and the, the, honestly, the pitch was absolutely dreadful. It was it was like playing on a minefield, to be honest with you. Um, but we went one 0 down again. Um, and to be honest, Southall could have put it out of our reach in the first half. Um, they had multiple chances, but somehow we managed to we managed to stay in it, and then sort of pulled our socks up and went into the break at one all. Um, Chloe Parr smashed in an absolute scream <laughs> about five yards. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it, and the celebration <laughs> was uh, <laughs> was <a> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we went into the break at, at one all, and then. Got a bit of a bit of a telling off from Julia last time. Look, girls, pull your socks up. You're better than this. And uh, yeah, after that, we came out, scored two quick goals in the second half. One from Jess, which um, she'll, she'll say it was an easy tap in, but goal's a goal in my book. <laughs> um, and then Katie Scott was another absolute screamer, uh, half volley from 25 yards. So the f- couldn't much about that to be honest with you and then obviously they called one back late on so it got a bit got a bit tight and a bit nervy towards the end but we uh, we stood firm to the final whistle so and celebrated well yeah definitely <laughs> that man puts you firmly in the top half of top half of the table and it's yeah. ch- it's turning out to be a decent season isn't it yeah we're not doing too bad i think one of the most important things that we saw yesterday as well was um we had a full, full squad available and, set and uh julie had 17 players and all 17 of us got a run out, so it was it was nice to see some of the younger girls that don't normally get um, a chance for some for particularly long game time. They, they all got a, a decent class um, of game time for them uh, to get under the belt, so it was a really good day, and we're sitting fifth in the table now. So, I mean, like, like I said last, uh, last time I was on, the teams below us have got some games in hand, but the important thing is, is that we focus on what we've got to do and not what they've got to do. Exactly. Uh, who, who have you got this weekend? Uh, Mansfield Town at home on Sunday. Uh, 2.30 kick-off at Devon Park, I think. They had to change it for the Santa run. Anno- another game, you know, New- Newark against Mansfield. There's always an edge, Newark against Mansfield. Yeah, there always is. I mean, there was certainly an edge last year, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, the, just the sort of game that you love. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not available to play, though. Oh, what are you like? No, gutted about that one. Uh, 
because it was meant to be a half ten kickoff, so we'd arrange to do stuff in the afternoon, and now it's been changed. So, yeah, but not much we can do. I'll still be there for sort of the first half an hour supporting the girls before I have to dash off. So. Miss Tranter, that's awful. Sh- shocking. <laughs> but you know what the worst thing is, don't you? What? You've still got to do this next Monday night on a game that you've not seen, so you better get on that no, telephone no, on no, Sunday no, night. No, no. The girls will fill me in and I'll have a pen and paper ready, don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Eden. Talk to you again well, next cheers. week. Well done. Well done all. Bye-bye. Sometimes the hardest interviews are the ones where you're talking to the manager or a player of a team that, that's been beat at the weekend. And I do thank all the managers and players for coming on when they have been beaten because it's easy to come on and talk when they've won. And FlowServe went to Coventry United at the weekend and... It's a long story and there's a lot to talk about, but they, they actually got beat. So, Craig, thank you for coming on and talking to us about the game. Um, now you've had time to reflect on it, um, we'll see what you, you've got to say. The first thing I'd like to say, I've never seen, I don't think in my life, such a big football pitch as that one, especially the width of it. Yeah, it was very big, yeah. Yeah, it was a nice setup down there. It's, um, because it's a joint joint rugby and um, a football pitch it's shared there with Coventry Rugby Club so I don't know if that's got anything to do with it perhaps it, yeah, I, and I, 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 my personal opinion is I mean I mean, flow serve is not the widest of pitches and we and we use flow serve and play flow serve well and our front three seem to be almost touching hands as they played football but they seem to play with an old fashioned left wing an old fashioned right wing and a centre forward and they knew how to play that pitch, and by the time we'd really got to grips with it, Fosev was 2 0 down. Yeah, we paid, I think, ultimately, uh, at the end of the day, we, you know, we paid for a poor start. We had a, we had a sloppy 15 minutes where we, where we weren't at it. Um, you know, and we just gave ourselves a mountain to climb then from that point onwards. And I don't take anything away from them. They're a good side, they're on a very good run of form. I think they're, well, they are the informed side. In, in the league, we're on a run of about ten games. Uh, only losing one, I think. Um, I think take nothing away from the first goal. It was a great strike. Um, their um, left left winger they popped it all over the place. Thinking that that one, he started on right wing, coming in and whipped it in with his left foot. It was a great goal. But to the second one, and we put we, we blame ourselves for. And from that point, we give ourselves a mountain to climb. He got back to it two two one and. You could see that Flosev was getting to grips with the pitch, the size of the pitch, and how to play it. Um, and then what I still maintain was the match-changing event. Um, Greg Smith was sent off for an alleged elbow. Their number five stayed on the pitch for pushing with both arms. And I don't expect you to make too many comments on it because where you sat and where I sat... We don't know if that was an elbow or not, and apparently it was the assistant referee on the far side is the only person in the ground that, apart from Greg and the centre half, that knows the truth. Um, but I cannot get my head around Craig. Okay, if that was a sending off, fair comment. And um, looking at the rules and talking to people, which I've been doing all day today, if you push somebody above the groin and below the neck with two arms, it's a booking. But he. That was an aggressive push. It wasn't, you know, he meant to do what he did. And I, talking to the Coventry ch- chairman and, and secretary at half-time in, in the executive suite, um, both them two said this should be ten aside. Yeah. I, I just cannot understand it, Craig. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. You know, I say from that point, we got ourselves back in the game um, after the first 20 minutes and, and we were dominated then and the Coventry looked like was running out of ideas. Um, then to go down to ten men. Also, like you say, it was it was the point that changed the game for us in the end. Although we did go on and dominate the game. Well, um, that that, that was me next on my next but, list of comments. For yeah, the first, I'll leave that there for then. For, the, um, for the first thirty-five minutes of the second <coughs> half, there was only one team in it. Yeah, I mean, like say going back to the sending off, I, I, I totally, I, I'm still baffled. Even I spoke to the referee at half time, and afterwards um, we had a good chat. But I, I think he's got it wrong. Um, uh, Greg swears swears blind to us that he, he didn't throw an elbow. He's been kicked on the floor. Uh, he's been pushed by another. He said all he did is put his hands and push the lad away. Um, like I say, for me, it was two yellows or two reds. He could make his mind up which one, but I think he's got that wrong. And like I say, it has changed the game, mainly because 
he was one of our main strikers and goal scorers. And although we still dominated the game, um, we didn't we didn't threaten their keeper enough. Although we had, we had enough chances still to go on and win the game, but yeah, I think I think it's fair to say that that was the. Uh, the game changer in the I, I, it, 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 it absolutely it, it absolutely was and now I'm I'm dumb I'm dumbfounded by it I, I I have to admit and of course two breakaway goals in the last five minutes puts a ridiculous scoreline on it but hey ho that's that's the game that that we all love um, at the end of it we it was quite well I'd rather lose three or four than, than two one we'll have a go you know we, we, yeah. we was enough we was in the game um, we just couldn't get enough bodies forward. To, with all of with all the possession, just to create any clear cut chances. So you know we threw a couple extra forward, and we paid the price in the end. You know when we conceded a few more, but we went there to try and get something out of the game, and unfortunately, one one tie day. Paolo got a knock, seemed to be on the knee, and you brought him off halfway through the first half. Mm-hmm. Precautionary, um, tactical, or is there a problem? A bit of both, really. Like I say, he still looks like he's carrying it. He did go into a pretty heavy tackle. Uh, after the first 10 minutes and uh, you know, it looked like he was carrying it again um, and it was just off the page you know it's, the game went off at a frantic tempo um, and I think it was just a bit too soon for Paolo on the day and that, that knock just, just set him back a little bit so we, it was a case then like I say even though we were so early in the game we was 2-0 down and we had to start chasing so um, so it was a bit of both really to get Sean on and like I say one of his first contributions to the game was to you know he got himself in the box and squared it for, for Ben to yeah. finish yeah. um, but there's lots of positives to take at the end of the day um, I was really proud of the, of the effort that the lads put in in the second half um, managing to dominate the game against a good commentary side who were on a fantastic run um, we could take a lot from that just obviously that uh, it's disappointing that we didn't really create the chances and we've got a lot of lessons to learn we can't start slow we can't give teams at this level 15 minutes um, before we start and it's very difficult to claw it back, especially away from home. We haven't got a lot of time to think about it because you're playing again tomorrow night. Yeah, which is a good thing, a blessing for me. I want to get straight back at it, um, put things right again. This makes it even a bigger game tomorrow now. Long eating in and around us, you know, good, the advantage we've got over Coventry is we've, we've got four or five games in hand on them. Um, and along it, and we're, we're pretty much tied level with the same, same amount of games, so it makes it an even bigger game tomorrow to make sure we stay up there. At the top end, but again, we've seen on Saturday everyone's taking points off everyone. Um, there's, there's a few eye opening results every week, and I think that's not going to change. It's going to happen to us, it's going to happen to others. So, we've just got to make sure we stay up there in the right end of the table and see where we are. Come what may, there'll be more, a lot more, a lot more good days in the world. Bad Craig, best of luck tomorrow night, and uh, we can just slightly open the box. The best of uh, luck on Saturday as well. Yeah, and we'll yeah. talk to you again on Monday. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Craig. Okay, Mr. Smith, um, it's unfair to say too much to Craig. He's the manager of a football club. Me and you saw that match. I've just got two things to say. If Greg Smith elbows somebody, he ain't going to get up the same day. It's as simple as that. <laughs> I know Greg. He's a big unit. You know, their man got up again straight away. He, did, he was never in a month of Sundays did Greg Smith elbow him. I'm not saying he jumped up, he didn't jump awkwardly, not at Catty Nell's chance. And everybody tells me that VAR is going to kill football. VAR may well kill football at the professional level. Referees assessors will kill football at the grassroots level. I can say it. Craig probably can't, and you probably shouldn't. <laughs> Ring Rob Wardman for me. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I just. They have to do it. They're not allowed to man-manage anymore. If the referee had man-managed that situation on Saturday afternoon, there'd probably be two yellow cards and everybody would have got on with a game of football. But he wasn't allowed to man-manage it because there was somebody standing there with a clipboard in his hand, kicking and crossing every time he took a breath. It's wrong. It really is. You're listening to Mick Bradley having a rant on Radio New at Sport with our friends at Smith's Timber. Still to come this week, we've already told you what's happening tomorrow night. Well, on Wednesday night, the wonderful, young Josh Burkett is coming into the studio. The most charming, eloquent young man I think I know. And he's going to be a cracking footballer. The question on the question is, though, will he become a legend like Grandad? 
and Grandad's coming into the studio as well. So, Josh Burkett and Ginger Burkett here at Sport HQ on Wednesday night. And, of course, on Thursday night, it's what's becoming the most popular show that we do, the Thursday night football show with Pitchside Dave and his lordship who's just arriving back in there because he can now say, we're going to change the shape of the balls we talk about and uh, talk to Mr Rob Wardman. Rob, good evening. Good evening, Mick. Evening, folks. Um, well, there's no way of hiding this. It's five defeats on the trot in the league. Rob, you've not gone already, have you? I'm just checking your stat. You're correct. <laughs> Thank you. Now, we've had a pretty bleak... Uh, well, yes, we're bleak six weeks into the last cup game. We play in the cup next Saturday. We're at home to Stafford, 2pm kick-off. Um, all welcome at Cullum Road, uh, but we've had a pretty grim, since we beat Melton in the Cup on October the 12th, just looking at the scores, um, we had that disastrous, anyway, yes, it's, it's um, five defeats in the league on the bounce. Um, we lost 18-13 on Saturday, um, a good performance by all accounts, I wasn't there on Saturday, um, it was a much better performance than the previous, uh, two weeks ago, when we had that disastrous start. Um, against Long Eaton, um, so we did, we did play better. We got a losing bonus point um, and, and led um, early in the second half. All our points came from Matt Cox, um, so th- there are positives to take from from Saturday's performance. Overall, market rating were perhaps just a bit too strong for us by all accounts. Ma- Matt Cox does actually seem to be having a particularly good season, doesn't he? No, he's played very well, I, and uh, he, he leads from fly half uh, and he's. he's his play in the last in the last month has been excellent. When we have played, obviously we've had a bit of a stop-start season. We um, two weeks ago we were postponed at Loughborough, so we, we've got two league games to pick up now. We, we've lost a game at Lincoln and we've lost a game at um, Loughborough, so those are those have been rescheduled. Um, but in between, Matt's played very well, and the, I think the game at the cup game at Melton six weeks ago, he he got a handful of points as well against his old team. It will, it, it, it will, it will turn, but it's, it, it is a bad run at, at the moment. It um, is, it's disappointing. Um, we've got, you know, obviously we've got the cup game to get ourselves going again. Um, it's something to play for. Um, there is an appearance at Twickenham at the end of the rainbow. It's a long rainbow. We, uh, even after today, after Saturday's game, if we, if we beat Stafford, I, th- I think it's, it's, I think it's at least four games to Twickers. So it's, it's, it's a long competition, but I think it's worth playing for. Um, and it, it, it's a way of restarting our season in, in the Cup on Saturday. What do we know about Stafford? And I know you told me well, in the past that all teams are pretty much the same level. Think, you know, we, at, at our level, it's just, they're on a comparable level. I think they're having a, having a bit of a, a bit of a better season than us. Um, but they, they've got to come across to us. It's just a long old journey for amateur players. Early start Saturday, so we will be confident, you know, against any team at home. Going on to the juniors, because obviously the main pitch is deemed as playable, but the outside pitches are not. I'm, pl- I'm pleasantly pleased that schools and, and colleges are, are finding spaces to let the lads play rugby. Oh, yes, no, it, 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 we're grateful thanks to you know, a number of organisations. Now, over the last month, we've played games at the Magnus, as we've talked about in the past. Um, We've been to the Magnus Highfields in Newark. I think Sutton on Trent Sports Club have been doing some training nights for us. And then on, on Sunday, um, I think most of the minis and the junior youth went off to Workshops, Workshop College and, and Ranby uh, to play games. So, you know, th- thanks to all those organisations for helping out. And again, this weekend, we've we just been talking about it tonight among ourselves. We've got... Um, the three senior teams are at home this weekend in cup games, so we have we, we have um, um, pitches to find for them. I don't think we, all three can play at home on Saturday at the moment with the way the um, um, the water is you know, and, the, and, the, and the conditions of the pitches. Has, has the water left the pitches yet, or is it? No, not quite. Um, the bottom end of the mini pitches is still badly waterlogged, from what I'm told. Uh, we, we trained there. Like we went back training Thursday night. Didn't train on the first team pitch, but we, we trained on the back pitch. We would hope to have you know, to, to stage two home games on Saturday, um, but I, 
I've not spent. You know, it's not my uh, not my call. <laughs> he says, thankfully. As you know, you know my opinions on pitches. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do know your opinions on pitches. Yeah. So it's a two o'clock kickoff, and I assume it's a two o'clock kickoff because it, it could go potentially to extra time. time. Yeah, we've got to play the game. RFU regulations. Uh, we've got to play the game uh, in daylight. We can't switch the lights on. <laughs> two o'clock kickoff. I know you. I know you're thoroughly puzzled by rugby union kickoff times, and, and you want to get into this. You know, you want to ask all kinds of questions, but I'm not prepared to answer them. <laughs> <laughs> just, it, it just flummoxes me completely. <laughs> yes, we've got floodlights, fantastic. We can play an NLD match under floodlights, but we can't play a league match under floodlights. Well, again, you're getting into the subject now. We did play it last season. We had a we had a, a tick from the RFU to play our games under under lights at three pm. But this season, we, we decided not to go for that tick in the box and play games at three o'clock in the league. Um, so we, we keep moving the goalposts. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Right, two two o'clock at home to Stafford. Newark need yeah, all the support they can get on that one. Um, I think I think it was roast pork last Saturday, Michael. Um, Very nice. I don't know what the lunch is Saturday. I don't know. I don't know. Why, I don't know what we're cooking up. But I just hope let's get a performance on the pitch. Let's forget the lunch. Let's just get on the pitch and let's play. Yeah, let's have the performance instead of the lunch that we're talking about. Yeah, but the lunches are very very good. Anyway, you're quite right in your stuff. Uh, we've, we've lost five on the bounce in the they league. They w- yeah. won the first match of the season and lost the next five in the league, I'm afraid. It's uh, about time it was put... But that all pales into insignificance for cup glory. Cup glory, yeah. Yeah, that's what we're going for. Rob, thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Rob. You can actually, in any mode of sport, Tony, can't you? You can... As good as you are, as poor as you are, you can get into a, a run, can't you? And a winning run where everything, that little bit of luck goes your way. Yeah, it's... it's I mean, Coventry United, they had the luck. Their centre-half stayed on the pitch, slow serve centre-forward, left the pitch. That little bit of luck that goes your way, new, new at Rugby Club at the minute, lost a game by a single score. But, you know, it's... But both runs are very difficult to get out of. If you get into a winning run, things just seem to slot into place and go your way. If you get into a losing run, every slice of luck that's got going goes against you. And it's just... That's the hardest one to get out of, isn't it? Yeah, it it is. But, I mean, also, it's also very difficult to get out of a winning run, thankfully. And if, if, you, if, you, if you're on that side of things, then the world seems wonderful. Otherwise, it's uh, it's it's fairly depressing for uh, all at Callum Road at the moment with five on the bounce defeats. Yeah, it it, it is. I mean, uh, they've got Ashby below them at the bottom, and Ashby, to be honest, looked doomed. Mm. And, and then Lincoln, and I can't believe that Lincoln are as poor as their league position. The same as I can't believe that Newark are as poor as their league position. No, but it, it only takes one of them to put two or three games together, and the mid table, and they're not bothered anymore. But it'd be a double that you wouldn't want, wouldn't it? Twickenham Cup win and relegation. At least we're playing Southland and Kess Stephen next season. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Right, I've got lots to talk about when it comes to hockey, uh, including an England player that's had to retire because um, he, he's lost the sight of his left eye when... No, the uh, BBC said... I know, it's, um, but, 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 Mr Halfpenny will, will, yeah, will yeah. be absolutely on the ball on this one. Okay, we spoke big round balls, we spoke oval balls, Tony's just spoke like he normally does, <laughs> and um, we're now going to um, talk about small, white, hard balls, um, which means we're going to talk about hockey, which means, of course, we're going to talk to Mr Hockey himself, Paul Halfpenny. Paul, good evening. Good evening. Um, lots and lots to talk about. Um, let's start with the men's ones. Um, another victory... But on the face of it, 4-1 against a team that's bottom of the table wasn't the best afternoon of the season. Well, um, I'm afraid I was unavailable to be at any other game other than the ladies' one, so I can't sort of tell you exactly what went on, just just what I've heard. But um, I don't think they played very well. Um, it was one of the poorest games so far this season, uh, performance-wise from Newark. Had a very poor start, but... Of course, it's just just a walk in the park for them. As I've said before, they they just just play badly, a bit like uh, when these top Premiership teams have a bad run. Maybe Liverpool at the moment, Man United in previous years, they play badly, they still win, they win the title. So let's hope that that's what um, Newark are going to do this season. 
Well, that's Tony. I was just talking about that before we went live to you. It's in a a bad run and a good run, and which is the hardest to get out of. And Tony was saying, well, you know, the bad run when everything's going against you is by far and away the hardest because when you're in a good run, that little bit of luck seems to be in your favour. Um, yeah, let's. That's um, how it seems to be. Let's um, leave the men's ones to bask in the glory of being um, top of the table. Um, but the, the men's threes are also having a good season. They're having a very good season. Um, yes, they, they've um, increased their lead. So two teams go up. They're now sitting pretty in second place behind a very, very strong Nottingham Trent University team um, who... There's there's um, sort of murmurings in progress that they're, they're trying to get Nottingham Trent Uni not just pro- promoted one league but to throw them up the leagues because they're a newly formed team and, and Nottingham Trent University second team you could, you, you've got to imagine they are phenomenal and, and playing well below the standard so it would be nice really if Newark could go and get promoted in second place behind them go up one league but not have to play. Nottingham Trent again, as Nottingham Trent may go up, <laughs> maybe as high as the uh, men's twos. That uh, would be good, but yes, sitting very, very pretty in that position. I mean, it's not fair on. It can't be any fun for the Trent University, and it's certainly no fun for the teams that play them either, is it? Well, it's, it's like bringing Celtic into the English Football League and, and starting <laughs> them off in, in Division Two. You know, it's, it's, it's just not right. They so. get relegated, Paul. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> do, you, do you know Chris Commons now lives in... <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Let's uh, quickly move on to the ladies then, because I, I thought, um, you know, they lost 2-0 at Loughborough Town, who was sitting not very far above them in the table, and I thought, well, that's not a good result. And then I read the reports and think to myself, well, hang on, i am probably got that one a, a bit wrong. What, how did you see the match? Well, if you cast your mind back um, 12 months, we, we played them at home. Um, I actually thought that we could beat them with a half-decent team last season, and they absolutely destroyed us. I think it was 6-1. Uh, we, we, we didn't know what was hit us last year, and I thought, oh, crikey, you know, they're going to be contenders to going up, and I don't know what happened. They, they should have been in the playoffs at the end of the season and should have won it, and they didn't. They, they got beat by Stourport Ladies 3s and who got promoted and they stayed where they were. So I thought, well, they're going to be one of the contenders for um, this season. And they started off very briskly. They're up there in fourth place. Um, outside chance of promotion, I would have thought. And the rest of the team were thinking, oh, well, another thrashing for us. But we were exceptional. <laughs> we played so well. We, uh, we conceded a goal quite late on. Um, I wouldn't say it was against the run of play, but... but it was a very even game, and we went straight down to the other end, penalty corner. In fact, we had the majority of penalty corners first half. And this particular penalty corner is really well worked. Beat the keeper, heading into the bottom left-hand corner of the goal, and somehow defenders scooted across, cleared it off the line, uh, went in 1-0 down. Um, and uh, they put another goal in midway through the second half, 2-0. But again, we had chances. We had a yet another penalty corner playing off the line. Um, superb. To say we had probably our most dy- dynamic player in Rosie Staniforth, not available this week, Sean DV duty. Um, we were outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Uh, every one of the girls played so, so well. The, the man of the match vote was, was just an impossible task, really. Um, super performance. And... and I might say that Saturday's game is absolutely crucial as Ashbourne beat Staveley and Ashbourne have now gone level on points with us and only one goal behind us as well. So it's absolutely crucial and Ashbourne play um, Northampton Saints the week after as well, which should be a steady three points for them. So we have to beat Ashbourne, we have to beat Derby in our last game. So um, it's sort of... uh, nail-biting times at the moment, or squeaky bum times, as somebody <laughs> said. I really do hope, at the end of the season, those um, three points that um, you lost through no fault of the girls whatsoever are not going to come back to haunt us. Well, they haunted me at the moment. Yeah. 
looking at the league table. Exactly. It, 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 it is too close to call. Uh, let's um, talk about a respectable 3-0 defeat at Ashfield, who are second in the table for um, the twos. Yeah, I, I predicted this a couple of years ago, didn't I? I said Ashfield Aztecs are starting to pick up players. They're starting to become a respectable club. And... That they they have been pushing for that top half of the table now for a few years, and as it stands at the moment, they are second in the table, behind a very very strong Beast and Ladies Threes. Um, but Nottingham University have a game in hand over them, um, and they're only one point behind. So things may change. But as I say, Ashfield Aztecs are strong, but Newark, it's it's a new team. Lots of new youngsters going into that team. They're still bonding, they're still gelling. And the reports I had off our president, who is their coach at the moment, well, they were fabulous. They played really well. Um, the two youngsters in the middle were, were outstanding. Uh, bearing in mind, one's only just turned 14 years old, and I think the other one's just about 15. So, very, very promising for the future. Um, and, and hopefully... It looks like they'll probably get relegated, but if they do get relegated, I think they're good things next season with the second team. I think they'll be pushing to get straight back into this league. Fingers crossed. A good three-all draw for the fours as, as well, the ladies' fours. I, um, I'm, I'm, told, I'm told it was an entertaining it was an entertaining match. Okay, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, Mind you, that was what that was a granddad that was telling me. Right. Okay. Yeah. It, it's it's. To me, it's a little bit disappointing because, I mean, we're sat sixth um, on seven points and Redhill are at the bottom of the league on two points. So, to me, it should have been three easy points for Newark. And to say there was only one, sorry, two under-18s playing, all the rest were adults, it's, it should have been three points it, in my it, mind. it was one of the under-18s whose granddad was telling me, um, my first name's Edith, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, he, he, he was. I don't give. Um, but uh, he enjoyed. it. He's like me. He enjoyed watching it, but he don't understand the rules. I'm. I'm sure it was uh, very entertaining. Yeah. So, so, so I said to him, I shouldn't worry about it. I've seen plenty of hockey umpires that don't understand the rules either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave that one as well, shall we? No comment. Magnificent display by the <laughs> under twelve boys and the girls at a tournament yesterday. Tell me a little bit more about that one. It certainly was, yes. We had Newark boys and girls playing against each other in the same tournament. Um, we also had Sullivan Brinkliffe, who seemed to have merged with South Nottingham. <coughs> um, Nottingham Hockey Club, and I forgot who the other team was. Who was the other team? I can't remember. But it was um, it was superb. Oh, it was North Knots, sorry. It was North Knots, the other team. And, um, yeah, the, uh, the girls played the boys... In the very first match, the girls lost 1-0. Um, it was totally... I'm, I'm not just saying this because I'm their coach, but it was a goal that was totally against the run of play. The girls absolutely battered the boys um, on, on the field, but just, just couldn't score a goal. The boys' goalkeeper was, was absolutely on fire. Really, really good goalkeeping. Um, the boys went on to draw against Sutherbrinkliffe. I don't know how they should have beat them, but won every other game. And the girls drew also against Brinkliffe and again won every other game. Absolutely outstanding performance. Really good uh, display from some of the youngsters. Some making the debut, first time they've played in a game. Um, but but the, the more senior under 12, the year 7s, were, were, were on fire. They were fabulous. Um, so lots of promise for the future there. Um, fantastic. Um, just finally, Paul, um, we woke up this morning to stories that England and um, Great Britain hockey player Sam Ward um, says he'll do anything he can to return to hockey after losing the sight of his left eye. And, you know, we do tend to forget that, um, you know, we talk about football and, and rugby. It, it, it's hockey that you really can pick up a facial injury, a bad facial injury. The 28-year-old was struck in the face by a ball during Olympic qualifying um, playoff. Um it was said at the beginning he's had to um, he, he's had to retire. He's had um, advice from three separate um, eye consultants, and apparently they've told him that if he suffers any more damage to the retina in his left eye, um, the damage will make it um, partly irreversible. Um, he's got a big decision to make, Paul, hasn't he? 
Well, I, I actually saw this game live. Um, it was broadcast on on BC, and uh, I watched it. And as soon as it was, it was hit by his own player. It was a shot at goal, and he just happened to be in the way. And, and as soon as I saw it, you just cringed. My my toes curled, and I thought, "Oh, that is a bad one. That is awful." Um, I mean, he was brave. It was a bit like the ladies' uh, captain back in the Olympics, 2012 Olympics. You know, she went off but came back again with a plate in his, in a in a face, but. I thought you know, that, that that was serious, and you sort of trying to look for the latest release from England hockey on how he is, and they kept it a bit of a secret. Then there was a press release to say that he'd, he'd gone in for surgery. This is a day afterwards, and um, you just couldn't find anything out. So when I saw it this morning, it, it was a real shock because he's a local lad, and it, it's it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It's it's happened to. A couple of guys I know who play in, you know, the much much lower level, and it, it puts you off. In fact, I know a, a lady. It, it happens to be playing against Newark, um, uh, and it's it's heartbreaking when it happens because nobody intends anything like this to ever happen. It's it's one of those rare instances that that become well life threatening, and, mm. and you know, it's it's my heart goes out to them, and I can understand Sam not wanting to retire, but I think in the end is is probably going to have to succumb to retirement. He's got the rest of his life in front of him. Exactly, Paul. It's got me thinking. The cup final, the young lady that got smacked in the face by the ball in the in in in, in the cup final at Beeston all those years ago. Yes, you, you you come around to this many many times. I know I do. I know, and I use this story time and time again because she's so so brave, and I forgot her name. It's Emma Sanders. Emma Sanders, that's it. Yes. Correspondent for the BBC now. Is she really? Oh, well done to her. I mean, she. I mean, a footballer wouldn't, wouldn't see him again for the rest of the season. He'd been off to hospital. She was back in ten minutes, and that's our brave. But when it comes to Sam Ward, when it's your yeah, eyes, it's, it's a different kettle. It, it's you know, different it's, again. It's, it's a bit different to give me a drink, Paul, and I'll go back on. Yeah, uh, yeah it, 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 it yeah. really is. But uh, yeah. You've got, yeah, to, you, you've got to be brave, but the be- yeah, we do wish him all the best. Paul, um, we'll catch up with you again next week. We'll look forward to it. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Bye-bye. Emma Sanders, that's it. She got such a smack in the face, Tony. She was only 15, 16. Yeah. They wiped the blood off. I mean, she... Oh, dear, the bruise had come out. I'm going back on. You're not. I am. And, off, and on she went, and I just... <laughs> I couldn't believe... I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I can't believe. I mean, good, good luck. You're having another, yet another night off I know, tomorrow. I know. Does that mean there'll be any sweets left? No, because there will be no sweets. We, we've got some sweets there's tonight. There's a most massive jar of sweets yeah. being brought in. Thanks to our friends at Sympathy Sweets. Um, they gave Radio New York Sport a jar of sweets because they, they decided that we was the best show on the radio. No, it's because they're trying to shut us up. So, well, yeah, they're all gobstoppers, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see you again on Wednesday night. We're going to talk um, girls rugby tomorrow night. So you will be surplus to requirements in any case. <clears throat> um, you, always, you always get the totty in when I'm. Uh, next week it's the sports awards. So a special week next week. So we look forward to that as well. Um, coming up next is Adrian Crampton and his look at the at the at the seventies. And um, on DAB, it's Andrew Channing with his look at. Um, well, almost anything, I should think, knowing the boy, Channing. I'll see you tomorrow night. He won't see you tomorrow night because he's a part-timer. Bye-bye. We-